You are listening to CITR 101.9. This is The Real World with Dama. And today we are broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam and Coachella's territory as per usual. Um, very important to note that. Um, the Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show where we try to connect with campus culture and the community through film. Um, today we are talking about stoner movies. Um, we're very excited. We have an interview with Jekyll Fenderson from Hempology 101. We connect with other clubs and campus organizations. It's freaking wild. Yeah. Um, so get ready. Enjoy that. And um, we'll see you. We're, we'll be back in 14 and a half minutes. 
So today on The Real World, CITR 101.9 FM, we are talking about stoner films and kind of weed culture and where movies fit into all of that. And we have Jekyll with us. Um, we're just going to be talking a little bit about all of that. Um, Jekyll is from Hempology 101, um, UBC's, I, I like, I think of it as like, le- like a political group of like legalizing weed um, and like everything that kind of comes with that. So we're just going to talk about film and weed and fun and it'll be good. So welcome. Thank you. First of all, I, I'd like to, um, I appreciate your insight on the Hempology Club because a lot of people think that we're just a bunch of stoners that like smoke weed every week. And while that's also slightly true, <laughs> we are in essence a political club. Our motto is legalization through education. And so our goal is to educate the people of UBC um, not only through our weekly protests, but also through educational activities and just being able to clear up some of the misinformation that spread about cannabis and uh, things of that nature. And we also like to have a good time. So thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for being on my show. <laughs> um, so I'm a little hazy. What is the difference between marijuana and hemp? Are they often conflated or... What are your thoughts on kind of those? Uh, that's a great question, actually. Um, hemp is like basically the type of like cannabis plant that doesn't contain like a lot of like THC or like psychoactive uh, chemicals, and it's used more uh, for like industrial uses, like rope and uh, fiber and paper and food and like all all sorts of things. And uh, weed, like most people think of is also cannabis but it's there's like a process of it can't be fertilized uh so it it can't have any like male plants because like the uh the the pollen that the plant produces uh i i could be wrong on this so maybe i I shouldn't no go for it shouldn't speak to this whatever we can but like spread misinformation (laughs) throughout citr Yeah, but the the female plants like produce this uh, the the pollen, which is like the trichome, and so like they can't they can't be like fertilized by male plants, and that that makes them hemp plants basically. But yeah, the cannabis that we are all familiar with, or I, I guess I can't speak for all of <laughs> us, but <laughs> it um yeah it has those psychoactive uh, effects. But when prohibition happened for uh, cannabis hemp was also uh, shut out and so like some people uh, say that and I think there is like a lot of like truth to this argument like that the like the textile industries sort of had a large hand in like uh, popularizing this whole like notion of like reefer madness and like demonizing like marijuana and like getting those like uh, repressive uh, laws passed because uh, hemp like is like such a great crop as far as like for all the industrial uses it has like it's like so much more sustainable than like uh, growing trees for like paper and stuff and uh, it can be used for like I said all sorts of things like food and clothes and rope and just like so many so endless. many different uses endless uses yeah the list goes on and on but so like the conflation of the of the two even though like hemp is like totally like not so psychoactive at all and like it could be like still grown and regulated it's just been like you know given given the axe as well basically and like to the detriment of all of us ultimately truly <laughs> so yeah i guess like how how do you, as a person in the world, um, kind of engage with weed culture? Um, I, I think there's some, like, misconceptions in weed culture. Like, it's it's sort of stereotyped to a certain point. All these, like, different tropes about, like, you know, maybe the the laziness or, like, you know, things, things like that. And, like, uh, high, high prominence, like, rallies, like the 420... Uh, sort of gathering in the the yearly protest at 
Robson Square and they moved mo- they moved it to the beach. It's more of just people going out for like an excuse to have a good time than like necessarily like political motivations. And I think that like having a good time is in some sense political. But um I agree. I I think that at the same time we can make that more uh, explicit rather than just fall back into this sort of like hedonistic lifestyleism to be able to like push further as uh, cannabis users and to uh, take the the great aspects of of this uh, substance that is like involves critical thinking and questioning all the all the things around us and to be able to push further rather than just having acceptance, having um, maybe more like a critical engagement with culture rather than like an assimilation into the culture. Totally. <laughs> um, so do you think that film in a way like is a, a venue for <coughs> people to like have a concentrated critique of the culture? Um, I, I think most uh, stoner films uh, currently sort of, uh, you know, buy into, like, the cultural uh, conceptions to try to, like, sell movies. <laughs> and yeah. which is, you know, fair because like, that's, you know, what they're, they're trying to do is sell movies and be entertaining. Um, I think this would be a good, like, I think through, like, these movies there is, like, a great, like, political opportunity to sort of, like, engage the more mainstream culture and, uh, you know, question some of the, the stereotypes and, yeah, maybe push back against against those and, you know, make, make a statement rather than just uh, giving people what they expect to see and, like, make them laugh a lot. Um, yeah, totally. I was looking at, like, I just, like, Googled stoner films and was looking at this pretty long list. Um, and there was, like, you know, like, Cheech and Chong, Harold and Kumar. Um, but, like, those films are kind of like so niche almost like it's like a very like a buddy film comedy where like it's just like motivated by like getting to a place and like being really high while you're doing it Mm -hmm. um which is like fun to watch um but like they've kind of expanded the definition to be just films where marijuana is showcased um and just like a significant part of the plot um, so, like, The Big Lebowski is, like, now considered a stoner film. Um, Fritz the Cat, we did an episode on Ralph Bakshi a while ago. And I was, like, I'm obsessed with him. I think he's so cool. Um, but, like, that's now, like, considered a stoner film, even though, like, they, like, smoke maybe in, like, three scenes or something. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool how, like, that the, the genres kind of, like, had to change to kind of accommodate and almost, like, validate i think like culturally um marijuana use because it's like yeah like this is a serious movie um and in serious movies these serious characters are smoking marijuana and like that's cool like people do it yeah i i really appreciate that like having it not necessarily be like a main like element of the the plot or like make like the characters like you know like center center around it like it's just like Mm -hmm. and i think that like maybe one of the uh, blind spots in weed culture is just sort of like this obsessional like quality like making everything about weed but it's just like you know it's a part of people's lives just like anybody else so it can just be like a casual part of a movie and like yeah like you said bring it bring it into like a wider culture like normalize it I'm glad you agree (laughs) so I guess you I guess you don't enjoy typical stoner films I, I wouldn't say that, that that's necessarily the case. Um, I I have been known to, like, <laughs> in, enjoy a stoner film in my time. You've like, dabbled. I don't want <laughs> to seem like I'm just, like, no fun. But I, I'm just, um, you know, I'm I'm always just a little critical, even in, in my enjoyment. I just would like to, like, push as, as far as it can go, like, the, the limitations of the genre. Like, I think it's like limiting itself and I think it could be so much more so much potential yet to be tapped yeah I was watching like doing my research I was watching these stoner films um throughout the week 
Um, I watched maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it was called Evil Bong. It came out in 2006. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. It's so bad. It's like, and like, it is like everything, like the, it, it was so bad for so many reasons. Um, but like the, the main character, actually like weirdly-ish, the main character like didn't smoke and it was like a weird, like, yeah, like stoner film, but then also like weed's actually like really bad for you like it was like really it was really weird um but like they were like so like what like like that just like kind of like inflection was like in every single word that they said and it was like shut up like have a personality please i can't um which was like quite painful and i think there are like good stoner films like i like i like harold and kumar i think they're pretty funny um i've actually never seen cheech and chong and i really want to I've heard really good things. But, okay, full circle, Chong was in Evil Bong. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how the mighty have fallen. Like, this is so painful. It was weird. Um, But, like, I feel like it is, like, a kind of so many stereotypes of, like, what it means to be engaging with this culture just limit it in that it's, like, so, like, like, unintelligent and, like, lazy and, like, Mm -hmm. kind of, like, unaware when i i think that weed like does make you like very critical and like hyper aware of like what's going on but i don't know it allows for depictions of like an entire group of people that's just like so negative and but like fun like it's like but whatever like they're cool like they're doing their thing um how do you think that the typical like buddy film setup that the typical stoner film kind of takes reflects like aspects of weed culture or if it's just like a plot device uh, I, I think the stoner films definitely do a lot to represent certain aspects of weed culture, but I'm not sure whether, um, you know, pro- there probably those elements existed in weed culture before the films were produced, but, like, it's, you know, impossible to say now, like, whether uh, current stoner culture is not, like, influenced by those films, and that's why those elements are, like, have become so, like, prominent. Um and yeah, I, I think like there is yeah certain like strata like in weed culture that do like fall into like the the stereotypes and the tropes of just like the, you know the stoner. But like so many people like break break those like stereotypes. L- like you said, like people that smoke weed are just it it opens up like sort of like perceptions and makes makes one more like aware and like questioning because like having having your like mindset altered like that just like you know makes everything everything new okay i was actually talking to my friend about this um because i mentioned that we were doing this episode um and i was like i'm excited like i'm gonna watch all these sort of movies that i've been meaning to watch um and he was like actually i've noticed that like good movies to watch when you're high are like really complicated and like not stoner like stoner films in Mm. general like those are actually the most boring to watch because you're kind of like oh, yeah, whatever, like, I know what's going to happen. Um, so what do you think makes, like, a good weed movie? Um, I, I think that The Big Lebowski is a really good weed movie. So many <laughs> twists and turns! <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the dude, even though he, like, you know, he's, like, a washed-up hippie, basically, he's still, like, a full, like, character, and he's not, like, defined by just being, like, a stupid stoner. He's... He is a stoner, and he's a little goofy, but, like, he's still, you know, involved in this mystery, and he, he's got to solve it, and, well, you'll, you'll have to see the movie <laughs> if you, if you want to find out how the mystery gets solved, but it, it's got, it's, like, actually more, a lot more involved than just, like, oh, there's weed everywhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. I actually didn't realize that he was smoking weed until, like, maybe a couple years ago and then i was like oh my god he's just high the whole time like what a revelation um that's actually like pretty funny that you picked that movie um because film slack is having our beer garden the big lebowski so it's like what a plug um well that like i guess concludes our interview I'll, i'll stop the recording
Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man of prestige has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smokey every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or f*** with Discorder online at discorder.ca. Discorder. That magazine from CITR 101.9 FM. Presents a showcase of emerging Vancouver-based hip-hop artists Friday, November 18th at the Media Club. The lineup is comprised of some of the most talked about and should be talked about hip-hop artists in Vancouver. Including Soloki, Missy D, Romy, Something August, Spotty Joseph, and Freeman Young, with CITR's Crimes and Treasons DJing and emceeing this 19-plus event. We them boys! Be sure to come check us out. We're Crimes and Treasons Radio. We're going to be hosting and DJing at the Media Club. Be sure to come check us out. Crimes and Treasons. For more information and tickets, visit discorder.ca. Hempology 101 is a student-run organization here to educate the public about the benefits of hemp and cannabis. Fast fact! Hemp is a renewable, sustainable source of food and fiber. Fast fact! Your body contains anandamide, which is part of the same family of substances as THC. To learn more, look us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Hempology 101 UBC or come to one of our great events and don't forget legalization through education
Hey, and welcome back to the real world on CATR 101.9 FM with Dama and Dora. And today we are joined by Michael, and we are going to be talking about stoner films. Um, we started the episode off with um, the song Smooth Sailing off of Monique Kreber's album All For You. Um, I thought it was pretty funny because she and her family, her husband and her daughter, just released a Christmas album, which I just think is like very entertaining. So cute. Really cute. Um, and then we had an interview with Jekyll Fenderson from Hempology 101, which was really awesome. Shout out to him for coming out. And then we played Time off of Time on Your Own, Alexandra Mallet's new album. And you guys just heard Think of Who You Always Wanted to Be um, off of Try Hard, Future Star's new EP. Um, Future Star played at Shindig a couple weeks ago, um, I think it was now. They were really awesome. I love them. I was reading for them. Really cute. Um, so yeah, we're talking about stoner films. Stoner films is a subgenre of comedy films that revolves around the use of marijuana. Um, it's usually kind of like a buddy film. Cheech and Chong actually were like the first to produce like mm-hmm. the normal or like the typical stoner film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that trope of like kind of cannabis like motivating the plot. Mm is um that's kind of where it comes from but the i think that the um definition is kind of expanded to just movies where weed is yeah heavily showcased yeah that's what i think is kind of strange like when we were just talking about doing stoner films i'm like okay it must be a lot of stuff that i haven't watched like some very like deeply ingrained with marijuana culture that like i won't get it and trippy i always i imagine (laughs) trippy yeah definitely i i had a very like set idea of what it would be and then i'm looking through i'm like i've watched this like so the fact that at any point in the movie there is a joint means that it's a stoner film i'm like okay that broadens the category a lot that's really really broad yeah i was really confused i was like looking through if you just do a quick google search of um like stoner films in general fritz the cat is one of the first ones that comes up and we did in um yeah, we did an episode on Ralph Bakshi, and I was like, "That was not a stoner yeah, movie." Like, I just that's do not, not consider that to be a stoner film. It's just like strange to me that the presence of weed makes it into a stoner film. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm like totally down for that definition, but um, I think it's um kind of well, in my opinion, I think that there's like the presence of I think weed motivating the plot is like a pretty big part yeah. of it, and then also the presence of like people who have been in the like the genre a lot yeah like um i watched i I didn't watch any cheech and chong but both of the movies that i watched i watched half baked um dave chappelle's stoner movie from 1998 really funny and evil bong which was might be the worst (laughs) movie i've ever seen ever from 2006 so bad um chong was in both of those movies um snoop dogg was in half baked john stewart was in half baked half baked was just like a lot of cameos um but i think that like they're like snoop dogg and chong i think for sure are two people who like they make stoner films. yeah it's like that's what makes it a stoner film just like their presence yeah, if they're there it's a stoner film um but we were talking about it a little earlier like how snoop dogg is like so kind of like in weed culture and i think it's pretty funny that we had um like discord happens to have that um snoop dogg promo or yeah. PSA or whatever. Yeah. Something um, we played. And it ends with smoke weed every day. Like he just like is marijuana now, which is like he pretty is funny. Everyone that I know that doesn't know anything about weed culture, they're like Snoop Dogg though, right? It's like Yeah, I guess sure. Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg. Um something that I notice when watching weed movies which I don't actually think is very at least in the circles that or the weed culture that I've experienced um it's not very accurate but like women really aren't in it which like might Mm -hmm. just be like film in general the only weed movie that i could find was smiley face with anna faris really funny um but that's the only movie where like the woman was like the main character and Mm -hmm. like was like the stoner yeah and the other one's like so sexist like evil bong was like painful to watch Mm -hmm. like the women were literally just like body accessories Mm -hmm. no yeah i hate I hate to bring up this movie because I don't think this is a movie that should be talked about. But like, Neighbors Two. Uh, uh. <laughs> I <laughs> let me just put out there: I watched Neighbors Two because I was told it was a funny movie. I heard that too. Did it have the same plot? Literally I the same plot heard, as the first one. Yeah. yeah. So, except except with, uh, worse. So I heard it was good. Like I liked Neighbors. I thought Neighbors was funny. It was decent. Yeah, and then 
and then I I was just told by this girl like oh, no 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 Neighbors Two is actually really funny because it's like Neighbors but y- you like would neighbors. expect that since it's about sororities it would be like all about boobies and like whatever but that's not what it is it's all about drugs and there's barely any boobies in it and I'm like stop saying boobies I swear <laughs> to God if you ever say that word again okay I will not say it again but she basically told me that it was like a super feminist film and it's all about drugs oh. and then I went to watch it and I'm like okay so like there's maybe five minutes where there's a drug induced like fiasco and that's it. Like, the girl smokes a joint once. Like, it's not. And that's why it's a stoner film. <laughs> See, so there we go. That's why, like, when we kind of narrowed down the genre uh. to being just anything that has weed in it. Yeah, I guess Neighbors 2 is a stoner film. But I see, thought, I don't consider it to be a stoner film. But I, I thought oh. stoner films were like the films that had like those montages where like when you're watching it when you're high and you see like a giant bowling ball coming towards you. Like, and you're like, oh no, it's going to get me. And um, then, like I just think that because the Big Lebowski and he's like really small and he, uh, the, the big ball. I, that's no. I just picture those scenes. This is like a stoner film. That has to be a stoner film. Um, I think that's pretty funny um, that both of you guys kind of bring that up or like what you think that like stoner films like are slash should be because um, I was talking to, I mean, it's in the interview, but Jekyll was saying how like, like as someone who's like so kind of like in weed culture, he like loves movies that like kind of expand the definition of stoner films because like it like... Big Lebowski is just, like, a dude, like, living his life. It's not about him smoking weed. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it it's is a lifestyle. lifestyle. Um, but it's just, like, how he lives his life, and he, like, functions, and he's fine, and it's, like, normalizing and, like, kind of validating it in mainstream culture mm-hmm. versus, like, the typical stoner movie where it's, like, hey, dude, like, what's up? Like, let's blaze. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so he is, like, someone, like, who are really heavily participates like really enjoyed the expanded definition but i like the narrower definition because i think it's like they're not the same kind of movie Mm -hmm. like i i wouldn't be like big lebowski that's a stoner film like yeah i don't think of big lebowski as a stoner film it's just not what i thought of when you told me about this interview i do only just because of the the bowling bowling ball that's what just makes you think that way like i watched the big lebowski and i just never thought of it that way and then i was told i'm like Okay. <laughs> um, I was actually talking to um, Tim Fernandez, who has Copy and Paste on Thursdays at 11. Everyone should check that show out. It's really awesome. Um, here on CTR 1.9 FM. But he was, I was saying, like, oh, I'm really excited because um, I'm going to get to watch all these movies. And he was like, oh, I think it's pretty weird how when you're high, you don't watch stoner films. Like, they're boring to watch. You want to watch, like, Interstellar. Like, you like you want to watch, like, Big Lebowski, something complicated, something weird that... Um, I don't know, like, is more fun to watch. Michael seems to have I, a thought. It's funny because um, that actually happened to me one time. And we <laughs> watched about we story. watched the special features of Interstellar. And there was, like, literally on the DVD, DVD there, was a, there was, like, an hour and a half documentary on, like, the actual science of Interstellar. And I remember having, like, a really deep conversation about this. Um, I think it's pretty funny. Um, I was talking to Jekyll about this, too. He said that, like, we just like makes you more critical and like kind of makes you hyper aware. One also time makes I was you couch lock though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I was watching Gilmore Girls. Oh my god! <laughs> and I like mentioned to my friend that I was watching it, and they were like, "Oh, I've never heard of it." And I like it's terrible. Like a- how dare you not oh. have heard of Gilmore? <laughs> oh, Girls. Oh, okay. I was. I thought you were saying that Gilmore Girls was terrible. I was like, no, no, no. <gasps> how dare you Duh. not have? Her- I've watched all of Gilmore Girls. Oh, what I'm- do you think I am? <laughs> Exactly, but no, I was like, um, because it's such like a pretty simple concept. Like, it's a woman and her daughter like living their lives. But I was like, it's the most complex television show like <laughs> in the world. It like really makes you think about it. And like these stoner films, like the typical like buddy buddy like Harold and Kumar, Cheech and Chong. Like, you're never like, what's gonna happen next? It's kind of like very like you can kind of guess like you know what's up. Mm. Um, which I think is like pretty funny. Like, in how you like. Like, when you are, like, actively engaging with weed culture, you don't want to engage with, like, the media that's been created for it or, like, that's come of it. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of, like, a weird... Yeah, yeah. I definitely... I definitely see that because, yeah, I think just the... Tim's explanation is kind of 
where you get it like you want to see something that's going to wow you you want to see something that's going to make you think of something else and then those movies are just super simple to follow you don't really get anything else out of it whereas if you're watching something that you would normally just be like this is either boring or just not complicated or whatever yeah or too complicated sorry then you watch and you're like ooh. I understand it now. You, so you spend two hours discussing it. That's great. That that's what that's what movies that's how are. We make, that's how we make progress in life. <laughs> yeah, that's how evolution discussion. works. Discussion. Discussion. Um, speaking of evolution, um, and weed culture in general, um, I watched Reefer Madness yesterday. Oh my god, let's it, talk about Reefer Madness. Well, no, I think it's really interesting that it was like it's from 1936 and it was like produced to be like a a like don't smoke weed like marijuana is evil and it's now been kind of like accepted by the culture and is like it's like it's so over the top it like the community's kind of accepted it as satire um of weed culture even though like that's no, like it was so serious like it was straight up just like anti-weed propaganda mm-hmm. i have so much to say about this <laughs> so Let's talk about why there's such, or there was at some point, such like a stigma about it in the first place. Like, recently there's like been this interview with the guy that basically... Oh, Ronald Reagan's aide? Uh, Nixon's aide. Right. Okay. And I just wanted to read out this exact, like, literal quote. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, ludicrous. It's, it's a ridiculous quote. So, why... Why was, like, weed made illegal and the whole war on drugs? How did the war on drugs start? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I just preface this? This is why it was, like, like really, like, enforced. But weed was first legalized um, because a dude... Legalized or illegalized? Illegalized, thank you. Um, because a dude argued that um, when women, white women smoked weed, they were more likely to um, be interested romantically with African-American men. And they were like, this is unacceptable. Like, this can't happen. So they made legally... Yeah, weed it illegal. was that and also with the Mexicans. Yeah. It was a lot about the Mexicans. It's so, which is like, so what? racialized. Okay. Especially because so, so many white people smoke weed. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's so crazy. many white people. Okay, so literal quote. We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin... Um, and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt these communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meet their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the ne- on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. This is a literal quote from something Ehrlichman, <laughs> who fabricated his, his Christian name something. He fabricated the war on drugs so that Nixon would be elected. Insane. It's and what's crazy to me is that every president since has used this war on drugs thing. Not Barack Obama, yeah, yeah. except like until our God Obama, and Savior, the best person. It's just something that to me makes no sense. That this huge thing that ended up like you could have done something good with it. You could have gotten involved in like hard drugs and then actually maybe solved the problem, maybe. But then you just vilified this ridiculous drug, and you ended up just ostracizing these communities and being racist. It's just I don't understand how lies can become truths so easily. In in my uh, American history class, we actually she showed us a, a chart that actually showed in the seventies of a study that actually shows that white kids in high school were actually more likely to do drugs. Yeah. Like because like all drugs too. Like, there are like no consequ there are well, I mean there aren't no consequences, but the consequences like within the community are much less no, yeah. like much lower. One of the things that happened with this like war on drugs was the Dare project. Like have you guys heard of the <laughs> like the Dare to not do drugs, Dare to whatever. Um and most of the kids that were involved in this project, it was basically just telling them from a young age, don't do drugs, drugs are bad, terrible. Most of them ended up doing, like, hard drugs. They ended up a lot worse than anyone who wasn't. And now it's basically a meme. Like, you can get, like, the shirts. Oh, I see that shirt all the time. I want one of those shirts. 
I want it very, very much. Dare to do it, babe. So I think that's just like, it's ridiculous that this happened. Uh, I don't remember. How did we get to talking about Well, because, this? well, the stigma <laughs> around weed and reefer madness, like. Reefer madness is how we got to it. Okay. Um, But I think that it is like very important that like this film, Reefer Madness, which was so kind of like used to vilify uh, marijuana. Um, like it's been like so kind of like reclaimed yeah and is now like absolutely everyone's kind of seen it or not everyone's seen it but like everyone knows what it is like it's like kind of part of the regular dialogue um which like is like pretty telling or like reflects a lot of like weed legal in massachusetts now as of a couple weeks ago like that's sick like it's stigmatization and it's the harm so much harm that it's that this vilifying has done to mm. communities in the United States and around the world, I guess, um, is being reversed, which is awesome. Yeah, so, like, to me, what I really love about, like, weed culture, and, like, we can link it back to, like, the stoner films. Like, the fact that there is a culture around yeah. it now. This culture is one of the ones that has managed to take all of the bad things that has been thrown at it. Reefer Madness, War on Drugs, Dare Project, and most of them have been reclaimed. So now, Reefer Madness is something that most stoners watch. Yeah. Like, a Dare shirt people use while doing drugs. Like, this is all, these are all, like, things that are memes that are, like, important in the culture now. And they used to be made to completely, like, oppress it. And now... They've claimed they've claimed it back, and I think that's awesome. And you know what? The dude didn't do anything to hurt anyone. <laughs> he just wanted his, a he rug. He was a pacifist. He just wanted a clean rug. Um, yeah. God bless the dude. Yeah, God bless the dude. Um, but also I think that like because it is like a whole genre that like there are stoner films. Like we can have a whole hour long discussion about stoner films, mm-hmm. and. Neighbors 2, like, that was a big budget, huge film that was, like, widely released, very popular, Mm -hmm. and people went to see it. People paid money to see it. People paid money to make it. Like, it's, like, to cry about it. Yeah, like, now it's, like, it's, like, so much part of the mainstream dialogue and, like, so normalized now. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to the dude, I feel like we could talk about The Big Lebowski for, like, years and years let's talk about the big lebowski for a few years um (laughs) i didn't realize that he was smoking weed until like maybe last year and then i was like he's high for the entire movie that's so funny exactly good for him um and also like he's able to like solve this freaking mystery like when he like has when he figures it all out he's smoking a joint like (laughs) proud of you dude i think it's cool no yeah like like I said earlier, I didn't know that The Big Lebowski was a stoner film. And then Dora pointed it out to me, like, he is high the entire time. I'm like, <gasps> you're right. <laughs> uh, but I think the big thing that, to me, makes The Big Lebowski a stoner film isn't just the fact that, like, he you show him with a joint sometimes. It's like Dora had said earlier. Like, his whole lifestyle, like, he... They just normalize it in the film. They don't make it a big deal. Like, look, this movie is about marijuana. But it's just a thing that's there. Like, okay, yeah, naturally, this guy is just, like, smoking weed. Uh, Or, like, he's high, and you don't even need to show that he's smoking weed. It's just kind of implied that it's part of his lifestyle. And you also, like, don't even need to show that he's high. Like, it's not like he's, like, has his eyes half closed, and, like, they've made them really red. Like He's laid back. Yeah, he just, like, looks like a normal... I guess normal is, like, kind of a harsh term. Dude in his robe. Yeah, but he's just like he's Brian not Milk. impaired. That's my favorite opening scene to a yeah. movie ever. <laughs> um, but what do you think, Michael? Do you have any thoughts on the BL? I love this. Is probably honestly, I could actually say this is probably one of my favorite films. Oh, okay, for sure. that's great. And Me too. The fact that it's all about a rug. Oh God, <laughs> I want a rug that ties a room, to, my room together. I actually found a rug that looks a lot like it at Value Village the other day, and I was like, "This is mine. My room is like fully complete." Finally. Oh my God, it's funny. Does it tie your room together? Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> or heck yeah, it does. When I was watching it, I watched it this morning, and it was literally, I, like, you think that it's kind of about more, but, like, later on, like, he, they, they keep bringing back this rug, and they keep going, like, like he, uh, the dude says, like, man, I could have been at home with a pea-stained rug. <laughs> and, like, you <laughs> would have been fine. And you realize that, like, this whole thing is just about a, like, he just, he just wants his rug back. Have we actually said what the plot of this movie is nope, yet? Okay, not. so... No spoilers, though. Okay, no, no, no. it's just about the dude Lebowski, Lebowski, uh, who's just like the dude Jeffrey Lebowski, the dude Jeffrey who is confused with millionaire Jeffrey, millionaire, yeah, exactly, um, and like how that kind of 
what's that what is that term what's that term for what that's called mistaken identity yeah there we go <laughs> um how that mistaken identity like gets him like wrapped up in this like crazy kidnap mystery ransom yeah. kind of and it all starts when these dudes come into the dude lebowski's place and pee on his rug and he's like what's happening and then his friends tell him that he he should go uh get go to the millionaire yeah, lebowski and get get, get, get a back. new rug um <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie actually great plug mentioned in the interview as well but um, oh my gosh, I almost said CITR. Filmstock is having our Big Lebowski Beer Garden. We do it annually. It's usually in November, unfortunately, because we don't have our norm this year. We have to do it in December. December 4th is at the Rio from uh, starting at 6. Come. It's going to be so much fun. And and we're doing it at the Rio for yes. the first time ever, so we're really excited about that. It's not just going to be like us throwing things together. We're really <laughs> making – we're going all out on this one. It's going to be a lot of fun, and if you haven't been to the Rio, this is a, a good opportunity to come see this great theater. It's a, co- it's a really cool it's theater. It's a really cool the- theater. I've never been. Oh, my God. Are you coming to the beer garden? I'm coming. Because okay. I like the Big Lebowski. I don't care. Woo! I don't care Woo! that I watched it this morning. I'll watch it again. <laughs> no, it's definitely something you can see over and over again. Um, John Goodman is awesome in it. Oh, I love him in this movie. Mm. When I was, when I turned... 19 actually so my my big birthday um i was at home in toronto and my mom um just made a huge batch of white russians and we watched the big lebowski (laughs) and me my mom and my twin sister just got a little too (laughs) faded but it was really fun it was sick oh it was cute i'm sure it was um we do have a couple other events to plug yes Um, let's do that Actually, um, this week we had Trivia Night for the Woo! first time. It was freaking awesome. It went so well. I'm so stoked on it. Um, come by for free beer, free, free fries, food, free onion rings. Oh. Um, Jackson Runkle, the productions manager, and I host it. It's really fun. It really is. It was sick. Um, and it went way better than I thought it was going to, so I'm like yeah. really stoked on it. Um, and then... Um, on December 1st, I think the date is. Check Facebook. I don't know. Um, uh, December 1st, I think. But hot, we're showing High Fidelity with CITR in the CITR Lounge. Um, there'll be popcorn. There'll be candy. There'll be High Fidelity. There'll be me. So lots of winners. John Cusack is awesome in that movie. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Jack Black is in that movie. He's also really good in that movie. Huh. Um, Like surprisingly good, um, in my opinion. You and don't then, like Jack Black? I used to love Jack School Black. of Rock. Okay, I was gonna say School of Rock. School is of Rock, one of the best. That's movies. why I loved Jack Black for a while. Read between the lines. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only like that and High Fidelity, the only movies I've seen where I've liked him. Um, which I feel kind of bad about. Maybe I just need to watch more Jack Black. Um, but then the big one tonight, Discorder fundraiser, a local hip hop showcase happening at the Media Club. Doors at eight. I will be there. Dama might be there. Might be there. Come hang out with her slash us. Um, it'll be really fun, really chill. So Loki, Romy, Missy D, Spotty Joseph, something August, and Freeman Young are all going to be playing. And Crimes and Treasons are going to be hosting and emceeing. So it's going to be really awesome, really fun. And hip hop is a really, um, really important genre. I think um, that is not represented in Vancouver very well. And Discorder has definitely been a part of kind of not silencing, but not really showcasing them. So we're really using this um, fundraiser. I use that in air quotes as an opportunity to showcase a lot of local artists. I'm really excited. I'm so stoked. It's at the media club. I don't know if I said it is 19 plus. So um, if you're not 19, you can't go, which is lame, but that's life. Um, And yeah, really exciting. And it, it ties somewhat into our topic of today. So that's fun. That's great. <laughs> it's um, always fun. We're always thematic. Oh, we are on the real so world. consistent. It's ludicrous. It's we're great. actually surprisingly on point, though, with the topic. Yeah. I think so, too. We um, had a PSA that was linked to it. We had Snoop com- Dogg. Compared to our uh, David Fincher Episode. Yeah, that was a little like what? <laughs> um I'm yeah, this one was pretty freaking tight. Um but we just have one more song for you guys. Um Pass Groove um from Chance by Elka off of the 1080p label here in Vancouver. Um we have a couple community messages and then we're going to be signing out. Um so thank you so much for tuning in. And shout, shout out, out to, to Judy, Judy Garland. Garland. Okay, sick. Thanks guys. Transgender Day of Remembrance is an annual event on November 20th that honors those who have been lost to violence as a result of transphobia, as well as recognizes the ongoing violence and oppression that trans people continue to face. 
The first Transgender Day of Remembrance occurred in 1999 after the murder of Rita Hester, a black trans woman, in November of 1998. UBC's Pride Collective and the AMS Sexual Assault Support Center invite you to join them in discussion, expression, and resistance this week. Monday, the 21st, the UBC Pride Collective is hosting a Transgender Day of Remembrance vigil at an open mic from 5 to 7 p.m. on the UBC campus. We will light candles and encourage folks who wish to share words, song, space, and other art here to sign up for our open mic at the beginning of the evening. More information can be found through the UBC Pride Collective's Facebook page. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Crimes and Treasons Radio, this is Riff Raff. Every Tuesday... From 9 to 11 p.m. on 101.9 FM. Yes, yes, you and I rocking with the best. 101.9 CITR Radio. Crimes and Treasons, this is your boy Just Blaze. Right now you're rocking with Jules Andre Brown, Rolly Bells, Jamal Steels, and Horsepower. You know what it is, all right? Yo, I am Sue, man. I want to shout out Crimes and Treasons Radio, man. CITR 101.9, man. Turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. up next we have dave radio with radio dave um and your noon hour guide to what's happening in music and theater in vancouver so enjoy that thanks you so much for tuning in um right now you're listening to pass grove by elka um this was the real world on citr 101.9 fm (laughs) 